Chapter 14 The blonde looked me up and down as I stepped into my office, curling her red upper lip like a hooker sizing up her next john. She stood and ran her hands vampishly down the sides of her black blouse before extending them toward me. I'd worked for her kind only once, but not digging up dirt on a straying spouse. This one scared even me. This barracuda didn't care if her husband was screwing every woman in his company, her sister, and her best friend. She just wanted to know where the money was hidden. She usually got it, too, financially crippling the man she'd promised to love and honor just a few years before. These broads were more often than not married to the kind of man who was predatory in his own way in the business world, and who thought he wanted a woman with as powerful a personality as his own. When it came down to the lawyers, as it always did... He was grievously sorry. A sour taste rose in the back of my throat as she spoke, her voice darkened by years of multiple cigarettes a day. Whatever she was selling, I wasn't buying. You must be Fitz. Thank you for all you did for Sarah. You must be Sarah's mother. I took her hands into mine, trying to look and sound sincere. I turned to Sarah, who glanced at me nervously, but returned to picking bits of tobacco from her lips. Idiot crackhead. You may call me Charmaine, she said, smiling. Charmaine Hunter. After I divorced Sarah's father, I took my maiden name back. And what can I do for you, Charmaine? I slid behind the desk and into my chair. Sarah still wouldn't look me in the eye. Well, it seems I need you to keep an eye on Sarah. She pulled a long cigarette out of her designer bag and tapped it on the edge of my desk. She held it up as if I was supposed to light it. I reached for the cigarette and took it from between her fingers, snapping it in half, and dropped it into the trash can beside me. There's no smoking in my office. And I'm through babysitting, Sarah. I don't know what kind of family dynamics you all have going, but I've just come from the full-bore drilling site, where I had to collect on one of Daddy's bad checks. I'm done with the Hawksworth family. Charmaine purred like a mama lion. But Fitz, you don't understand. I think I do. You and your daughter need to get your asses down to the police department and tell them what you know about Tommy Lynn's death. I didn't kill Tommy Lynn. Sarah's stupidity seemed to fall away. To a point, she was going to run her mouth and get us all in trouble. All I did was... I threw up both hands and stopped her in her tracks. Shut up. Shut up right now. Anything you tell me isn't privileged communication because I'm not a fucking lawyer. Go find one if you want to talk about how Tommy Lynn died, or what part you played in her death. I want nothing to do with this side of a murder investigation. If your lawyer wants to hire me, that's another story. Until that time, I don't want to see or hear from you. I stood up, gesturing toward the door as Charmaine pulled her idiot daughter up from her chair. The longer you stay away from them, the more suspicious it looks. You'll regret this, Fitz. I know you will. Charmaine's purr had turned into a growl. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But I'll sleep a little better at night knowing I'll keep my P.I. license for one more day. Mary Margaret's eyes were big as Charmaine and Sarah stomped from my office. She's scary. What else do we have going today? I tried to sound casual as I sipped my coffee, even though I felt like I'd just dodged a bullet. No, seriously, Fitz, she's scary. Spittle gathered in the corner of her mouth. That whole family is crazy. We at least got our money. We don't have to deal with them anymore. I wish. Your clients have a tendency to show up over and over again. 
You got a point there. Mary Margaret slipped back into her Nancy Drew mode. While you were out at the drill site, I did some research. I didn't get too far into the public records side of it, but the out-of-state news reports about full-bore drilling are insane. Might as well let her ramble. Okay, what do you got? The firm was originally based in Arkansas. At one time, it was run by Charmaine Hunter. Mary Margaret focused on the computer screen as she clicked through a couple websites. Wait a minute, say that again. Chase Hawksworth didn't start the company? No. Charmaine's grandfather, Charles Hunter, founded Full Bore Drilling in Arkansas. According to this article, it was right after he came back from World War I. Her father, Charles Jr., took it over after he came back from Germany following the Second World War, moved it to Oklahoma, and built it into a huge operation. Charmaine took it over in the late 70s, right after she graduated from college. How the hell did that happen? And where the hell are you getting all this? I leaned over her shoulder. She was reading an old archived article from a regional Oklahoma magazine website, filed under the heading, Comebacks. The picture showed a considerably thinner and younger Charmaine in the foreground, wearing a big-shouldered sequined evening gown and equally big hair, with an old-style oil derrick in the background. Her face had yet to come under the surgeon's knife, and steel-toed boots peeked out from beneath the glittering gown. She had a hard hat in one hand, and held the hand of a blonde toddler I assumed was Sarah. A younger, more handsome Chase Hawksworth stood grinning behind her, wearing a tuxedo jacket, hard hat, jeans, and work boots, looking very happy to have made his way into her bed and bank account. The title of the article was From Tragedy to Triumph. Oilfield Queen Charmaine Hunter Hawksworth talks about having it all. What tragedy are they talking about? Mary Margaret's bony finger ran down the computer screen. Here it is. She inherited the company after her father's third wife shot and killed him. Jesus. I scanned through the text. Flowery and overwrought, it read like an episode of Dallas. Despite multiple marriages and houses... Spending and philanthropy on an operatic scale, Daddy Hunter made sure he held tightly onto the patents for oil drilling equipment that built the company, but apparently not the zipper on his pants. His third wife shot and killed him when she caught him in bed with a Vegas showgirl. It was two months after his daughter Charmaine graduated from college and started to work at full bore. She's got a degree in petrochemical engineering from Tulsa State, at least according to this article. It quotes her as saying it was her father's plan to turn the company over to her. His murder just made that happen sooner. She doesn't have possession of it now. I thought back to the comments Chase Hawksworth made in our first interview when this whole mess started and his comments about how stupid she was. Since 90% of everything he'd said was a lie, this shouldn't have surprised me. A few more clicks and Mary Margaret found something else. Wait. This article was written about 15 years after that last one. According to this piece, it looks like they got divorced seven years ago but kept working together. Then she was ousted in some boardroom power play and forced to sell her shares to her ex-husband. Who has conveniently run the whole thing into the ground. Looks that way. Mary Margaret pushed her glasses up her nose. Good lord. Well, it's not our problem anymore. The paper will be all over it when the company goes belly up. Sounds like it won't be too much longer. That'll be huge. She clicked off the website and turned back to the paperwork on top of her desk. She reached for a deposit slip and the five $100 bills. 
I need to get this cash to the bank. I returned to my office to ponder what she'd found. If anything, McComber's involvement made more sense. Sarah had to know full bore drilling was on its last leg. As stupid as she was, she had to have let something slip along the way. Maybe Daddy wasn't able to make her rent or car payment all of a sudden. Or maybe McComber was pushing her to divulge that information when this confrontation with Tommy Lynn happened. She might have pushed Charmaine to hire me out of fear that McComber, now released, would come looking for her. Or maybe Mama Bear knew how stupid her daughter was and needed me to keep an eye on Sarah so as to make a play to get the company back in her own hands. Maybe Mama was as much a threat as McComber. Maybe that's why Sarah looked scared. I put my feet up on my desk and laced my fingers behind my head. I'm a nice long think. What would it hurt to protect the poor stupid kid? Chase was right. She was dumber than dirt. But more importantly, was she stuck between two parents who were putting the future of a company before their daughter? I looked up to see Mary Margaret walk back in and toss her purse on her desk as she picked up the phone. She was a good kid, for all the shit I threw at her. She was a good roommate for Sarah while we were in Cleveland. Maybe we could replicate that situation one more time. Maybe if I asked Mary Margaret to bunk with Sarah, or even better, have Sarah stay with her. That way, Sarah would be out of her apartment and someplace her parents would never think to look. Mary Margaret, come in here. I've got an idea. Hang on a second. You've got a call on line two. It's Alicia Linnerman. <laughs>